the Recruitment Rollercoaster Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz and today I'm joined by the brilliant Hung Lee who is the founder of Workshape.io and the curator of Recruiting Brain Food. Knocked that out the first time, didn't I? That was good. Did a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant Hisham. Sorry Wicked. for the long intro. But no yeah, worries. You knocked no. out the part, mate. Um, thank you for coming into our offices. Really appreciate it. Um, as I always do, this is why I always like to start did a bit of background check on LinkedIn and um, obviously I can see that you've been in, in the recruitment world for over a decade. Talk to me about, it looked like you went straight in from uni, but talk to me about how did you enter this uh, mad world of recruitment? How did it happen? You know what, Hisham, everyone in recruitment says they fell into it. Yeah. You know, 99% yeah. of, of the recruiters, they kind of say, yeah, I didn't mean to do this. I'm I'm one of the one percent, mate. Mate, I'm um, the same. I wanted to get into it. What, talk to me. Why did you want to I'm get into it? I'm one of the one percent. I actually said I'm going to be a recruiter. I tell you what it is. Essentially, I ended up for various reasons starting my my working career quite late. Um, How late? How old? Uh, oh yeah, I didn't have a proper job till I was 25. What? Um, yeah, man. Really? Um, no, 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 no word of a lie. Um, Crazy. A lot of people don't believe me when I say that. Um, what were you doing up until 25? I was I was basically studying. I was studying a lot. I went to Scotland, which is an extra year university. Yeah. Did a masters as well, so I was kind of like already like late mm. tw- uh, mid. You know, Who pushed that? Yourself or family? No, I was always going to do university. I think okay. it was it was one of those where you know there was that was back in the era where it was the obvious thing. To yeah, do yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think it's absolutely right for me to do it. Um, but I really emerged from university with very little idea as to what I wanted to pursue as a career. Yeah. Um, and 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 actually, I mean, this is not a sub story, but I actually had a bit of a, a, a serious car accident. Okay. Um, immediately after university, no one died. It wasn't. A, it wasn't. It wasn't. A, yeah. The outcomes weren't terrible, but I was banged up quite quite badly. Yeah. And that actually led me to basically be housebound for about 18 months or so really um so just multiple bricks on the left leg and that put some put stuff into perspective 100 percent, mate. so i just basically you know i was hearing stories from my mates they were getting money they yeah, were yeah, doing yeah. All and this. you was at home i was at home back what? in back in billingham you know not a great prospect you know getting older very much feeling my age at the age of 23 24 right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but recognizing people were moving on and i just said you know what? I'm, once I'm up and mobile, I need to just get down to London, get a job. That's get down pay. to London. Get down to London. You could, look. I'm from. Was it, was it like London's where the money at? Money's at. Is that was that the perspective? You know what? I was. It's, it's weird how your horizons can contract or expand based <laughs> yeah. based on sort of what you what you encounter, right? Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, when I was kind of convalescing at home, should I say, my horizons really did shrink. Because uh, wow. firstly, I was physically immobile, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. so I couldn't really leave the house. Yeah. Um, but then I, I, I kind of adapted to it. Um, and now I look back on it, I realize the warning signs were flickering then because I was quite comfortable, you know, in the yeah, living room, yeah, yeah. And watching TV and yeah, getting yeah, fat yeah. and all the rest yeah. of it. And I just thought to myself, you know what, I started considering work, which I don't denigrate, but work that probably I, I shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. Uh, you know, government jobs at 10K, <laughs> stuff like this. Uh, and that was kind of what was available yeah. in in the, in Billingham where I, where I grew up. It wasn't a great market for work. Yeah. Um, and I remember just applying for some jobs that um, you know I got the email the the letters back to say look you're overqualified for this. They're not looking for yeah, graduates yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. And I was getting quite um, I must I, I recognize it now. I was getting quite depressed. Yeah. Um, to say look, where is this what my future looks like yeah. here? You know, get a a job that probably isn't right for me in a place that is kind of a shrinking uh, scenario. 
and I, I just there was a there's a day when I just flipped. I'll tell you when it was. It, it's a kind of a sort of a funny story. But do you remember the show called Fifteen to One? No, you're too young. <laughs> Sorry, for, for all those old, old folks out there, um, Fifteen to One is a game show. Yeah. Um, that always kind of was on at 4 p.m. in the afternoon yeah. every day, a weekday. Um, and it was just a Q&A type of game yeah. show. Um, but it was on at 4 p.m. So the only people watching it were people at home at 4 yeah, p.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Now, I got so addicted to this show, Hashem, that one of the, one day I think I had a doctor's appointment or something and I missed this show. And I was I was literally having like some sort of anxiety attack because I was so des- I was addicted yeah, to yeah, it, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's when that's when it hit me. I thought, "What am I doing? What am I doing?" <laughs> <laughs> like literally, you. All right, it's a great show, but right now you're having some sort of mental collapse because you can't watch this show. Yeah. That's ha- it's going to be on tomorrow and the next day and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. it you, you're in a bad shape right now, mentally yeah. in a bad shape. You yeah. got to change up. So I just resolve, right? Get yourself fit. Do your physio. Get yourself on your feet and get down to London. And what was on offer at that time? It was booming. Web one loads of tech going on i thought you know what i think i want to get a piece of that yeah couldn't code for crap because yeah. you know I, that, I knew straight away that wasn't for me but could i work in some way to maybe recruit that that, that, was, that was why you was attracted to it then yeah because that, it just was, get into that world get into the world of tech because uh, it was exciting at the time mm. it was it was when the internet was first coming out yeah, yeah, yeah. um or the web was first coming what, out what was your perception of recruitment then before you got into it like did you did you do your research? I mean, if yeah, I can imagine you doing your research. But what what was your did you have a perception of what it'd be like working in recruitment? Honestly, not not much. I mean, okay. there, there wasn't a huge amount of guidance. Was it not? Um, and this is almost back then where searching the web wasn't a thing. Wow. I said this is old, man. This is this is before yeah, your mental. time and probably before that is mental. Before a lot of the people who were listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. It was the dial-up internet was so slow oh, that literally. I remember dial-up though. Yeah, you know, you know, the pages are just loading yeah. like, line by line. <laughs> You're not going to do much research there. That's right? true. Um, I, I figured it was one of these jobs where yeah, you help people into it. Didn't know really it was a sales job. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but went in, had an interview. Thankfully, I think I, I, I was lucky to connect with the right kind of company for me. Um, very professional, very focused on on tech. Uh, really good people as well. They focused on service. Yeah, yeah, high quality okay. service nice, business, nice. and uh, and I really enjoyed. I think that's working. important. Was the training good when you first got in? And I mean, how did you find that then? Going from sitting in your ass waiting for that show straight into London, um, getting a job in recruitment, getting into tech. How, how were those? How were those twelve months? Because for me, recruitment and one of the main sort of reasons why I ended up starting this was those twelve months are fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> they were hard in Shem, but yeah. I, t- I tell you, I, I had the eye of the tiger, mate. Did you? Yeah, after the 15 to 1 moment, yeah. I had the eye of the you tiger. You just were just ready. I was, I was ready and I was going to outwork everyone and I was going to say, look, I, I knew I was behind. I came down at the age of 25 and I thought... You, you had a chip in your shoulder. Chip in my shoulder. I thought, I'm going to overtake everybody that's ahead of me right now uh, and I'm going to sprint there. Uh, so the first year, I, I kicked kicked the ass out of it I was did you yeah top resourcer there i think i got promoted in six months love it everyone, everyone so do you team. do you put that what would you put that down to because work ethic clearly was there anything that you had to adapt to quickly like because i think a huge thing which i had to experience and get better at is that resilience part right so was that was that pain still and that chip in your shoulder still driving that resilience and it was like whenever you had those moments those dark days in recruitment you'd go yeah, but fuck that. I'm not going back to sitting in my living room watching that that program. Like, yeah, yeah, 100. percent There was yeah. no, there was no, there was no going back. Yeah. Um, and you know what? What the great thing about 
a big city. I don't think it's only London, but especially London because it is such a big of uh, sort of uh, uh, a big place. Is that the opportunities are going to be here? Yeah. Um, and I just I just thought you know what you're going to do okay here, and you you're going to kick the ass out of it. You mm. have to have that kind of mentality. So it's the mindset, um, right? Yeah, you can't have London wash over you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got to go in and take well, a bit of it. I, um, I I did an article about this recently, and it was because of one of the guests I had on here. And I, I'm big into my my mindset, and probably about three four years ago, I had a shift of mentality, which is which I've, I'm, I think all it was was I realised that making an investment in myself was like the best investment you could make, right? And I mean, how often do people talk about mindset and recruitment? You know what? Not often enough. I know. But Go on. it's starting to happen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's I agree. But that's what I mean. We're talking about those, you've you built that yourself, right? And recruitment early on is hard. And I think that, that that's also, yeah, a missing part, that mindset piece. Yeah, you do have to, you have to know how to... Um, read a CV, what to look out for, all the normal stuff. Um, but yeah, I think that's a missing missing link or something that should definitely be talked about more because you were just talking about it there. That's what really drove you and made you be better than everyone else and, and do well, right? Yeah, and, and you know what? One of the good things that I've seen happen is that we are a little bit more open yeah. about vulnerabilities. For sure. Um, definitely so. You know, but Vulnerabilities have become an advantage. It's actually the opportunity. It is. I mean, people basically identify. I mean, it's actually a decent content strategy, to be honest. Yeah, hundred percent. So if you want to be cynical about it, it is. But transparency works. Yeah. Uh, as 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 a method of engaging people, because mm. people can identify with you. Yeah. Um. You know, they don't want to look at a robot. Um. Because they know the robot's not real. Um. But they do want to know about a human being. Um. And if you if you can kind of show a bit of vulnerability, that's that's actually helps you engage with people. Yeah. And I think half the mental problems we have is that we don't actually have that genuine connection enough with enough people yep. uh, with enough time. So, so yeah, a good friend of mine, um, I'm sure you wouldn't mention, uh, mind me mentioning it, a guy called Christian Bright, okay. uh, a recruiter at uh, Deliveroo. But he, he started to blog about his, his, his kind of um, journey mm. um, in terms of you know how he's dealing with uh, his mental issues and yeah. all the rest of it. Uh, and I massively respect him for it. Uh, and he hundred percent for this. He's also doing it as a thera- therapeutic yeah. exercise. And you can see simply by being open about something that was previously hidden um, is really helping him uh, uh, kind of grow, grow, and and kind of kind of put together the the toolkit to yeah. deal with some of these issues. You know. Yeah. Well, talk to me about that journey then. So, how long did you work at that company for? That first one. So I was, yeah, it was a company called Best uh, uh, Best New Media, I think. Okay. Um, and I worked there for about two years. Okay. Really, really good times. The bubble popped and all the rest of it, but I moved into telco recruitment and I still into doing what, okay. Sorry? Telecoms recruitment. Okay, yeah. Still, still, still did okay there. There was a series of buyouts. So yeah. Spring, I think, came in and bought us out. Um, and, and I worked at Spring for about a year. And then me and some of the, the other, se- by then, fairly senior people yeah. um, stepped out to uh, set up our own recruitment company. So when did tech. you set up your own company, your own agency? I think it was 2005. It wasn't my own agency. I, I, was, I was one of the founding members of okay. a group uh, there. Um, so how many of you were there? I think there was about seven people started. Okay. Um, three offices to begin with. Um, and that became... Uh, moderately successful we, again we switched so we, we learned that you know telecoms was again not happening there yeah. we ended up doing a lot of uh, recruitment for the NHS okay um, uh, again tech though tech into the NHS uh, and I did that uh, up until 2009 
Um, so that was a long stint. It was about three, four years, yeah. What made you want to... What was the motivation about creating something for yourself? Obviously, I know it was with six other people, but how did that happen? Where did that come from? You know what? It was just more an opportunity. So okay. it wasn't... I could have easily stayed with the big corporate. And, and to be honest with you, I was weighing it up as to what was the right opportunity or yeah. not. Um, uh, but the, um, the, the, I could see that by then when you're working in recruitment three, four years, you figure out that actually, you know, you're running your own desk really. Yeah. Um, yeah it's your own business. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you develop the confidence to be able to do something, um, that is kind of a little bit outside of the corporate world. Yeah. Um, and it was a, a kind of a why not moment. It wasn't particularly strategic. Yeah. It was yeah, just like, enough. okay, this looks like a good opportunity. Let's jump in now and yeah, see what's yeah, what. Yeah. And it, and so what so what was it what was the driver I guess maybe because I didn't live through it but what what was the driver to always be gravitating towards tech because that seems like that's been the foundation of your whole career right and we'll we'll talk about that but what what was the whole what was the gravitational pull towards tech um, I just thought that I saw that the world was just getting digitized okay you know and I just thought so you look, saw the future you saw the the writing on the wall or you just you just brought into it look, the way I see it is. It always makes sense to just see where the river's flowing, mate. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. and, and you could be a, a mediocre swimmer, but if you're swimming with the direction of the current, you're going to be all right. Yeah, I love that. Um, you don't. What you don't want to do is be an Olympic class swimmer and keep on having to swim against the the current. Hundred um, percent. Because I've seen great people really struggle because they're in the wrong market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that recruitment has taught me is that you've got to be able to pick your market yeah. um, and understand just generally where where it's going mm. um, and technology at that time uh, you know there was a confluence of technologies that were coming together yeah. uh, the internet was coming in mobile tech was happening yeah. um, uh, you know all of these things were, were all kind of changing how we lived really mm. and I just thought you just got to stick as close as you can to that get into that river yeah, yeah. and you know what you're going to be alright yeah, yeah. you know so what happened after that then so you worked there for a Maybe yeah. four years or so then 2009 so things were going alright it was yeah. fine but I, I kind of had a little look around the corner again um, and I thought you know what there's a lot of social media going on here um, uh, uh, and I just realised that changes the game in terms of how recruitment might work um, in 2009 you're thinking that 2009 yeah it wasn't massively early um, but it was early enough right um, where essentially Back in those days, in the noughties, if you like, yeah. um, companies were still trading on the fact they had a massive database of candidates. Yeah. They said, yeah, work with us, Mr. Customer. Yeah. We've got 100,000 uh, project that managers a big sell. on our thing. And I just thought that was the sell. And that's where they made their 25%, right? Yeah. Um, and I just thought to myself, oh, that's well and good, but hang on. That data is starting to escape from that database mm. now. People are starting to put it onto LinkedIn, for instance. And it was like, yeah. hang on. Uh, maybe my ability to sell purely based on possession of data <laughs> isn't going to be there anymore. And how does that change the game for recruitment agents? So I just I, I kept on um, trying to figure out, okay, how can we as a business um, uh, uh, figure this out? Yeah. But I, I realized at the time it was very difficult for recruitment agencies to innovate um, uh, and simply because of how agencies are structured and how they're... Yeah, how, uh, very traditional. What the revenue model is. Yeah. I don't think it's all tradition. It's just simply a rev model, mate. Um, everyone in the business in recruitment agency is more or less a fee earner. Yeah. Um, it's a very unusual business when you think about it yeah. um, because you don't carry a lot of liabilities. Very true. Um, Actually, yeah, that's very true. You know, This is why there's very few marketing specialists in yeah. recruitment, very few HR, yeah, IT. Yeah, yeah. All of it's stripped back. 99% of people... Yeah, it can be work, so lean. Yeah, it's all fee-earning fee earning salespeople, and I, of which I was one. Yeah. Um, and, and I just realized, you know what? 
that kind of structure of a business is going to stop me from having to do that the kind of deep investigation of this technology because yeah. it's going to take me away from my target basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and I, I basically I couldn't go to my boss and say right take the target away I'm just going to devote 6, 12 months to studying this yeah, yeah. Um, so I just thought the right thing to do is just stop um, I'll step step out of this company uh, and I'll just investigate and I'll spend a bit of time you know I didn't have anything to go to no, no real idea about making money really okay. Interesting. But I, I just thought let's take a break um, you know, I had enough saved away and all the rest yeah. of it to kind of burn, burn a little bit, but I needed to focus on figuring out what the future looked like. That's um, really interesting because because I think, you know, without that reflection, I'd still be just kind of potentially ending up swimming against the current. You know, the yeah, current, yeah, yeah, I felt yeah. the current was changing, yeah. and I had to step out of the river to figure out exactly yeah, what yeah, point yeah, in the river yeah. I jump back in. Smart. That's that. That's super interesting because it's just like what was it? Was it like a was it a build-up of things that happened which led you to to that point, or was there a moment, or was it li- simply just a gut instinct that you listened to? It, it was a build-up, and it was also me started off investigating a few things, started looking. and then once I started looking, you couldn't stop looking. Yeah, and, yeah. and my 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 interest was really peaked on it, and I just thought, really? wow, this all of this could be game-changing. Let's go with it. Um, and you know, I, I never wanted to be. I always think that um, you look at evolution, yeah. right? Um, the, 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 the animal species that really yeah. struggle to survive long-term are the ones that end up so specialized that they can't deal when, when the, With adversity. The, they can't deal when the environment changes. Yeah. You know, like the giant panda, for instance, yeah. very specialized, eating one species of bamboo, fantastic. But you know what? If that bamboo suddenly dies off, all those pandas have had it. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be a panda in this world, mate. I love it. Um, love it. What you want to be is you want to be a rat. The yeah. truth is you want yeah. to be super um, agile. You want to be able to ch- eat whatever you need. Mm. Uh, you want to be able to swim, fight, run, do all those different things. Um, and I just thought, you know, with with recruitment, it's actually quite a narrow skill set. You learn a lot. For sure. But you end up being very, very good at two or three things and probably you don't have a particularly wide skill set as far as business is concerned. You're very good at sales, very good at relationship management. Uh, you, you have some understanding of business acumen, even though I think most recruiters overrate their understanding. Of business. <laughs> um, very honest. What you don't have, you don't know anything about compliance. You don't yeah. know about really running a company. True. Well, that's why one of the biggest challenges when people set out on their own is, which I've learned through speaking to people on here, is like, oh, fuck, it's not just billing then. It's uh, having my own recruitment agency business. It's right. having an accountant. It's the compliance. It's all the other stuff, right? That's one of the biggest challenges right. I'm sure you've heard, right? Yeah. Talk, so what? Where did that research end? Then what? What did it? What did it lead to? What? It, what, what happened? It, it led to about eighteen months worth of mistake, mistakes, and dead ends. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I nearly went bankrupt. I reckon. <laughs> um, so what was you doing? So what? So you were doing I, the research? Was you trying to make money at this point? Yeah, yeah. Of course. I mean, I wasn't one of these. I didn't have didn't have like a, a you know five million quid in the in, okay. in gold bathtub. Anyway. So you did some research, um, and then what? So then what? So what was the conclusion you came to, which led to you trying to? sort of deliver some sort of service yeah the research wasn't um set piece it was more like okay what if so the general premise of of, of me doing this was if i could figure out what was happening in the in the near future five ten years in advance maybe i could end up selling that information and some put a consultancy service okay to recruitment agents that 
recruitment agencies yeah. that also were thinking along these she lines. She went down the consultancy route. Yeah, exactly. But I discovered agencies weren't buying my chat. Really? Um, I mean, probably. I'm sure everyone's encountering still this problem, right? Uh, and I think again, it's because agencies run it so lean. But essentially, um, I was giving. I found myself giving a lot of um, uh, advice, insight, etc., all those types of things. Um, but I couldn't get the check written. Really? Um, and this is more because of my failure to understand what my operating model was going to be and all the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I kept burned a lot of cash and I ended up sort of saying, oh, do I need to remortgage to the flat here? You know, okay. That, that kind of level. Um, but then I thought, hang on, maybe I just need to tweak how I'm charging for my services here. Um, I've got to make it easier for this customer to buy. Yeah. Because um, it wasn't that they weren't interested in... in, in and was this all in person? Uh, yeah, it okay. was it was a high touch kind yeah, of model. Okay, okay. Um, so when you sell consultancy, you kind of needs the you need to have the the, the eyeballs across the desk kind of thing, um, and um, and yeah, just changed the operator model. It went from you know pitching for business. I realized pitching for business is actually a very expensive thing to do. Um, uh, you know, you go and meet customers. They like you. They say they come come back with a proposal. You spend uh, you know hours working on this amazing proposal. You pitch it, and then say oh, it's amazing. We'll get back to you. Of course, they never mm-hmm. do. How do you, you how do you flip it then? What I flipped it by saying, look, number one, uh, my customer acquisition was a problem. So I was going out to acquire a customer. I need to switch that from outbound to inbound. Uh, so since that time, I've always been inbound sales. Uh, we can talk about that later if you yeah. want. Um, and secondly, I realized that. The customers that wanted to buy, it was still too high risk. They didn't, they didn't want to commit yeah. um, to that level. So I just need to reduce how reduce how I charge. Reduce how um, you size of what? Did you let them pay over a, a monthly thing, or was it done on deliverables, or was it done on I, I, just reduce the price? No, I ended up, no never reduce the price. Um, I increased the price. Ended up charging like a lawyer. I hate to say it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I basically uh, ended up selling packets of time um, upfront prepay. Mm. Uh, so I launched a prepay model for the consultancy um, uh, and then sort of uh, audited the time back. So it's kind of a weird model, okay. um, but it made it very easy for customers to buy it um, without them having to think, all oh, right, I've got a hung on contract for three months or something. Okay. Um, it was more like... So done they, on time. Yeah, and they could do... It was almost me trying to run a an on-demand type of model. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, okay. Because I realized that what I was offering was uh, probably valuable, but it wasn't operationally... 100%. They didn't want to commit for that yeah. long. Well, it wasn't operationally. Uh, uh, I wasn't going to be able to give uh, eight hours of value every day for, for, okay, for yeah, five yeah. days so a week. You're giving them opportunities just to plug in, plug out when depending 100%. on what, what problems there were and where they think you could add value and solve exactly, them. Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. uh, and then suddenly that flipped the model and it became a very successful consultancy. Love so it. when, so when, what were the main thing? What were the main problems that? You were looking at if it was all built on you looking into the future and yeah, all that. What was? Oftentimes, it's education. Um, okay. I mean, one of the main problems that uh, not only recruiters but every, anybody in a job yeah. uh, is that they are so operationally focused that they don't have the bandwidth to actually do the research and learn the stuff. So they need okay. someone to help condense that and Very give true. it to them. Um, so, so there was a lot of training involved. There was a lot of strategy as well, like just blue sky type stuff to mm. say you know uh, we're doing this right now but you, you know the smart CEOs smart people can see what's happening around the corner but they're just so busy yeah, paddling so away true. they can't they can't do anything about so it true. so true yeah I'm seeing that now in, in what I do to be fair um, because it's yeah like 
especially in recruitment, right? Like you're getting pulled pillar to post. It is hard just to take that sort of real step back business position. And one of the first things that we do with the clients that um, we sign up is a workshop which involves all the senior stakeholders, but then also another group of different levels in the business. And it simply is an opportunity to take a step back and go, why do we exist? What is our DNA? And all that sort of thing. And that is so valuable in itself because it's, as as you just said there, like people are so busy, stuck in the granular, stuck in the daily fires where sometimes they forget like where they're going or what their goal is or what their vision is, right? I, I don't underestimate I mean, I think that's true for most people, but especially for the recruitment agency yeah. business, because there's always more work, right? Exactly. Um, uh, you know, if, if, even if you're top biller and you're earning massive amounts of money, you can always go and find another yeah, yeah, yeah. Cl- client, or you always can, you know, go and grab another amazing candidate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's a never-ending amount of yeah, work, yeah. really. So, so yeah, I think I was able to figure out how to interact with those customers, and and then ultimately end up doing a lot of direct type stuff as well because yeah. that was at the time we're now talking kind of early 10s now okay um where a lot of the companies were, were pivoting away from being dependent on agencies and wanted to do a lot of direct recruitment especially again stuff. with tech yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in rapid growth tech businesses they were thinking look we've got to do it differently so it ended up working quite intensively with uh, a lot of these fast growth startups and nice. that's you know how I you know kept and again that's where you've really built your brand now it seems like around that yeah I guess so I mean um, I'm, I, I know two worlds basically I know recruitment generally uh, but specifically tech recruitment yeah. and I also now know startup a little bit uh, um, so what what the point that I want to draw on there which is why I asked the question when I asked you was you seeing these agencies in person what I meant by that was you wasn't sharing your insights etc online I was, but okay. n- but at the time, not I didn't really know what I was doing. Okay, so there was no strategy to it. Not really. I was blogging, um, mm. and I was on Twitter. I was doing these things, but the reality is, did I know how to amplify things? Uh, mm. Did I know how to build a distribution channel? Mm. No, you know, none of this. I was yeah, very yeah. much an amateur. Um, how did you how how did you become not an amateur then? What? What went on? What was that journey like? Uh, let me just uh, underline: I'm still an amateur, um, <laughs> but but I've, I've kind of figured out that you need to figure out how these platforms work. Okay. Um, like the first thing you got to realize is that um, uh, you know the social world isn't meritocratic. Mm. Um, it isn't. I'm going to produce this great piece of content, therefore it's going to get lots of people reading it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen. Um, you've got to understand how to get, and it's you know the digital world is actually just a, uh, a mirror of the real business world, right? <laughs> I mean, a, a brilliant, great recruiter doesn't necessarily get all the best clients. Of yeah, course, he yeah, doesn't. Yeah. Um, you've got to do something else apart from being brilliant. Um, meaning you've got to understand how acquisition works. Mm. Um, and you know the, the, the things I've learned is essentially you've got to build a distribution channel at the same time as building the content. Um, so think about um, uh, you're going to do content wherever it is. Could be a blog, could be an interview yeah, like this. Al- well, it's either free. It's always free formats, uh, written audio or video, right? It's always that. Yeah. It's whatever platform. So, so the, the the format you've got to obviously you've got to work on that, and it's got to be a nice piece and all the rest of it. But you've also got to think, okay, how am I going to get it to this audience? Mm. Um, and where are my audience? Right? Who are your audience? How can I get them to pay attention? Um, how can I uh, uh, kind of how can I uh, lower the risk for them that them clicking on a link that I share is going to be worth their time? You know, mm. How do I build that trust? Give them value, right? Exactly. Um, so all of these things, are, you might call it branding, you mm. might call it community building, mm. you might call it a lot of these things, but it's ultimately about understanding how to push that content 
further yeah. on the internet than most people are how um i'll talk to you about work shape in a minute because i noticed obviously on your linkedin that the whole recruiting brain food started after yep um but just as we're on this topic, um, I'd, I'd love to sort of um, understand your thoughts and your approach. But when you sort of, let's say, started that, the brain food piece, mm. what what was your mindset? Was it, I want to give value, like if I don't get anything in return on my time, I'm okay with that? Or, yeah, how did you approach it and how did you approach your content previously as well? Was it that mindset or not? Yeah, it was absolutely that mindset. So, in fact, uh, recruiting brain food basically is a curated newsletter. Um, so, so what it is, is, is it's very clever. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Cause it, it's, it's exactly what you just said. It's cause I was looking at it. I'll be honest with you. I'm not subscribed. Uh, what's matter with you? <laughs> what? I'm not subscribed. Obviously Inter- I was doing interviews over guys. <laughs> it's, it's I, was, I was doing my homework and I was like, this, this guy's clever. Um, and it's, 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 obviously it's going back to the point you just said, right? It's, it's, it's the resources you're, you're sharing valuable resources. You're sharing trust that guys, you should be reading this. Trust me, right? And and obviously there are some written pieces on there, some short stuff from yourself, but it's not your content, right? Nah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's fucking clever. What you got to do, you got two choices. You got, you either curate or you create. Yep. Um, now, I, I can create, but yep. I know it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't have the time. I'm still doing work shit, right? So yep. I, I wasn't full-time doing brain food. So I thought, okay, uh, curation is probably the way to go. Uh, and actually the driver was... Um, I just thought the internet was getting too big, Hisham. There's just there's so much stuff out there, right? Yeah, it's too much. Uh, and mm-hmm. there's great content out there. It's valuable for recruitment people and people working in the people business. But you can't discover it. Yeah, um, Because there's just it's just wall of noise and there's a lot of people just chumming out lots more co- mediocre yep. content. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought, Hung, if you do content creation, you're just going to be one of those guys yeah, chumming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought, I'll tell you what, what I'm doing already is bookmarking a lot of this, the, these bits of content. Yeah, you seem like a bit of a researcher, mate. Yeah, I read, man. I read a lot. I'm <laughs> yeah. interested, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was using Pocket, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. the tool that kind of saves... Because you can't read everything upon yeah, discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you of kind course. of discover it. You, you think, need to come back to it. Exactly right. And I just thought, you know what? If I'm curating all this stuff for myself anyway, is there a way which I can make that public? And if, if so, maybe other people might be be interested in it. Um, and so I thought, right, let's. I found a tool that could help me do that. A uh, great tool called Review. Um, and then it was more like a commitment to do it irrespective. I mean, I, I, I still do use it as a bookmarking service. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I wasn't saying, right, I needed to get 10,000 subscribers yeah, in yeah, yeah. next time. It was like, look, if people like it, great. If people don't, that's also great. Mm. Um, I committed to do a year's worth of it. Um, Just to yourself. To myself every week. Love that. I said, listen if you can do it do it properly yeah um and i just started started doing it um and then you know but you married that up with your dis- you thought about okay well, where am i going to pull it and where is it going to go out and stuff like that right a little bit um or so did you did that just evolve it, yeah i mean again there wasn't a huge amount of strategy in, in in all of this i mean which you know it's probably a strength and a weakness about how, how i do things usually i t- okay. do things first before strategy is nice, out there nice um but it's kind of an instinct to know that it's valuable right yeah because when the internet is as big as it is, it becomes unusable. Yeah. Um, and I just thought, if I just create this thing once a week, it goes into someone's email, all right, that's fantastic. So I've got a few mates to sign up, as you do. But I was hovering at really poor numbers in terms of subscribers for a long, long time. How long? Uh, six months. I was I was on like... That, that, that's the point I was drawing, because I think only people would have gave up by the six months, right? Maybe even month one. Give up, give up points are the second issue, so I came close then. 
because uh, I nearly missed it. I thought, all right, stuff it, you know, whatever. Uh, it's like exercise. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You skip one, you're going to skip the next one. Yeah, 100%. Right? Um, so I just thought, nah, let's do it. Uh, at number 10, the, the, literally number of subscribers like 30 people. I thought, what am I doing? Um, and then but I just said, look, just commit to it. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying yeah, yeah, reading yeah. it. And I like writing and commentating on yeah, some yeah. of this stuff. Help me learn a little bit more about the content as well. Um, and so basically nothing happened till about six months and then suddenly a few people started talking about it um, and they yeah. started saying wow this is really useful um, and then you know a few more people started shouting it out publicly and they said gotta sign up to this guys and then suddenly you started getting 50 100 people sign up per week 200 people 500 yeah, yeah, people yeah. and then you get wow now suddenly you feel responsible for the yeah, audience yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course you've got to keep doing it now yeah. so again I know I'm trying to really emphasize a point here, but I think because I speak to people about marketing, recruitment, personal brand, whatever it is, firstly, people have a big issue, which you just said it's just how you are, is starting, like just start. But also it's just that like, it's not the same as a sales call. Like You're not going to make X amount of calls and then speak to X amount of people, which is going to lead to X. It's it's like you have to, it's a long-term play. It's like building a recruitment desk. It does take time, but consistency being persistent, resilient, it pays off. Let me tell you this, Hishem, uh, and I learned this from from startup essentially, yeah. um, but one of the biggest, but it's applicable to content creation, yeah. um, which is this idea that you should kind of do things in an iterative way, which which essentially means that do a small bit first, figure out, yeah. learn from that, because yeah. you're going to learn more from doing it than you are from planning it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not going to be perfect. Mm. If it is perfect, you're spending too long making it perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it out there and mm. then see what's happening. And listen. Uh, and listen in and then, uh, you know, evolve it and so on. And you know what? It might always be a bit scrappy. You know, yeah, it might yeah. always not be entirely polished. But guess what? People are talking about authenticity now. It's yeah, the, yeah. the thing that works. They're talking about vulnerability. It's yeah, the thing that yeah. works. And guess what? Of course it works. Yeah, yeah. People don't want the super polished sort yeah. of bit of content. Coming back to that vulnerability piece as well. Yeah, they just want a bit of humanity, man. Um, so, work shape. Mm-hmm. Um, what I found really interesting about that, again, I'm not in that space, but I went on it, checked out your website, etc. Um, and I'd, I'd love to sort of hear about how you got to that to that point from obviously going from this consultancy to, to Workshape. But um, I'll just give you my uh, opinion on that whole sort of world and then you can tell me the story, which I'm excited to hear. But So I went to, um, not too long ago, I'm sure you're familiar with these these different recruitment networks but it's called the recruitment network the trn Mm. um and it was at their yearly um retreat um do different workshops etc um and one of the workshops um the the challenge it was all recruitment business owners in the room and the challenge was if you could start um a recruitment business today you know all, all the budget you wanted you could start exactly how you wanted et cetera, et cetera. What would you do? What, what would your recruitment business look like? And each different table in the room, different groups, didn't know what everyone else was doing, came up with the same idea. And apparently it was the same idea all day. And that was building a platform. It was building a platform, a marketplace, sort of getting access to talent, allowing their clients to access to that. They, it, this whole marketplace, right? Yes. Yep. Um, everyone said that, right? Um, now I'm just making an assumption here that what you've created is a sort of marketplace. But 100%, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. So, um, what what is this? Why? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because yep. everyone's thinking about it now. Yeah. Uh, yep. Everyone's thinking about it. And you guys, how long have you been in business now? Four years now. Yeah. So, what what was that journey of like going into it? What did you see? 
and also I guess how has it now evolved right because I guess there's more noise and obviously the businesses you work with maybe initially like anything a lot of rejection a lot of nah this isn't going to work mm-hmm. we always need recruiters or mm-hmm. whatever what, what's, what's been going on what's the journey been like yeah, so first of all, very interesting to, to hear that um, a lot of the agency owners would want mm. to do a marketplace. Um, and I think, broadly speaking, an agent and a marketplace are performing the same role. Mm. Um, they're just doing it different, slightly differently in terms of the mechanics. Um, uh, we're both trying to connect people to opportunity yep. in an efficient way. Um, what a marketplace is attractive is... It's it's just more efficient way of doing it. More yeah. efficient to run it as a business. More efficient for the for the client. More yeah. efficient for the candidate. Um, it should be a better experience. Yeah. Um, I mean, the example e-commerce is not a, a precise example, but it's not a bad example. Um, so most people, when you shop, you shop on Amazon, right? Yeah. They're, they're killing re- the high street. Killing it, of course. Why? Because you can go online, you can search for what you want, you can buy what you want, and it's there. It's the friction, right? It's um, like, it's, yeah, it's literally, I can scroll on my phone now, and I can order a new book, or I can walk down to a bookshop and get a book and look amongst loads of other books. I'm not going to see the recommended. I'm not going to see the reviews. Course, it's it's just more inefficient. It's yeah, it's spend inefficient. More time. Yeah. Now the agencies, if you like, are still high street yeah. in terms of the mechanics of it. Um, if I'm a candidate, I go to a recruitment agent. There's a lot of human labour around trying yeah. to figure out match me to a job. If I'm a client, same story. Yeah. Um, a lot of it's 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 uh, high touch and can be very good, but it's it's inefficient. Um, what marketplaces promise, and I'm not saying that we deliver it or any other marketplace delivers it, but we try to deliver a, a lower friction experience for yeah. both sides. Um, and uh, and it will work for some, it won't work for others. Uh, and there'll always be a place for the high street, there'll always be a place for yeah, agencies. Yeah, there'll always be a place for that. Because um, certain types of role, I think, would suit it in, in, in the same way certain types of retail would suit it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're going to buy clothing, for instance, you probably want to try it on. Um, you know, so yeah. that's that's one thing that might resist e-commerce a little bit, even though that's going away. Yeah. It's better fitting, but um, you know, there's lots of things that um, it won't work for every single industry, yeah, every yeah. single market. But that's the primary so what, reason why marketplace. How did you see that? Well, like, what did you so like? How did that? Yeah, how did you see that? Right, because four years ago, I'm sure that was quite early on. It, it was, but um, I mean, I don't think marketplaces are ne- necessarily innovative. Um, but uh, in recruit with yeah within the yeah. niche of recruitment, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the the emergence of this really, it wasn't really about oh let's do a marketplace. It, it, it was so obvious that it had to be a marketplace. Okay. Um, the, the real the real problem we were trying to solve um, was the first conversation um, that recruiters try to have with candidates that are in yeah, demand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which candidates don't like to have. So this is the call of, oh, hey, Hashem, I've got this amazing job, <laughs> yeah, da, 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 yeah, big yeah. pitch. And the guy, uh, guy or girl on the other end of it is, has heard this already yeah. for the you know, third time, not interested, waste of time, and they stop picking up the phone, stop answering the email. Yep, yep, yep. So we realized that you're, you've got a massive engagement problem because especially our marketplace uh, is software engineers, so yeah. high-demand people um, that get pinged all the time by yeah. recruiters. Um, and we thought, look, how can we create a place where they feel safe to respond? Um, yep. How can we create a situation where we remove this rhetorical opener um, that the agent has to try and, 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 and do? Um, you know, can we, for instance, figure out what this developer wants in advance of that call? Um, yeah. And if we can do that, then maybe we can save everyone a lot of time because yeah. we'll end up matching 
what this person wants to, to a company that has that particular need and we can allow those the, the, the conversation between the right people to take place yeah so how how did the market receive that then in the first 18 months like the, as you said consultancy first 18 months and you went bankrupt how were the, yeah, the first 18 months it was it, it was a very very welcome um was uh, it yeah from the developer community massively um because they um uh, they obviously um, the relationship i think between the developer community and the recruitment agency community Isn't great. Is not in great shape, mm. um, and you know that's not me throwing shade at, at recruitment agents. I was an agent uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for, for ten years. So it's just the reality. It's the reality of the game um, that a lot of agency behaviour is going to uh, mean bad experience for the candidate. That's yeah. a fact. Um, so uh, developers loved it. They signed on uh, uh, in, in in large numbers, uh, which is fantastic. It's very one of our first problems was how do we get these developers actually to sign into what is a job discovery site when they, when they hate you know yeah. So experience. I was going to say I, I was going to that was going to be my thing. It was I can imagine it. Yeah, clients like yeah, all over it. But then it's about right. Okay, now I need to get the attention of the people that they want, right? Yeah. So, market, so any marketplace, chicken egg. You got to do them both at the same time. Yeah. Uh, you can't say let's get all the clients together. And yeah, then, yeah. So how did yeah. you get the candidates now? So the two strategies were so we ran parallel strategies between acquisition of candidates and acquisition of, cu- of what we call customers. Yeah. Uh, so we call candidates users and customers uh, uh, are, are the employers. So a- acquiring the candidates was, was, firstly, we wanted to be very open with them nice. about what it is uh, that we were what building. What your mission was, what yeah. was the problem you're trying to solve. Exactly. Because it's coming from their shoe, you're, you're coming from their shoe, your point, their point right, of view. Right, right. We were a tech-heavy founding yeah. team, so two, two of the three founders were software engineers themselves, so oh, they, were, they were driving it. Um, and I was very much saying, look, we we want to create a candidate-centric job board, yeah. uh, job experience, shall we say. Uh, it's not really a job board because you can't search it. But um, the we wanted to create something that really prioritized their needs, which is why, for instance, there's no search. So you're not going to get hammered yeah, yeah, by recruitment yeah, yeah. agents, um, which is why it's software developer only. It's not there for salespeople or, or project managers or anything like that, um, which is why you know when we match people, we, we match it to what the developer aspires to do rather than what they've done historically. So nice. you know, we, we want to be able to say to them, look, we know you're probably not actively looking for work. However, you know? if, you're, if, you're, if your view of your career is going in this direction, we'd like it to go in that direction then. Exactly. Then we will put you in touch with a nice. company that just happens to have that opportunity. Mm. And if, it, if it's not there at the time, you know what, don't worry about it. We'll just alert you and bring you back. So we, we, we just understood how the developers wanted to interact with this. They care about job discovery. And guess what? It's, it's the human beings. They they they, they want to yeah. build their careers. They want to exactly. get better. They want to do all these types of things. They just don't want to do it publicly because it means they get deluged by yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, recruitment noise. So acquiring customer the, the users was very much about telling that story uh, and getting them uh, intimately involved. You know, asking them about how we build our product, what it is that's important to them, and uh, doing that type of work. Uh, you know, just being a support to that community. Love it. Um, and you know what we we did a parallel thing with the the customer side you know mm. um you know it was very keen to i understood the challenges of in, of, of uh recruiting um and the customers that we were dealing with uh, were direct uh, recruiting platforms so the the recruiters are all inter- internal recruiters nice. um and one of the, th- the things that i noticed was that typically an internal recruiter works by himself um you know the 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 default uh, is that you are the only yeah. internal recruiter in a 150, 200-man uh, organization uh, until you start building a team. 
Um, but most of the experience that in-house recruiters have is that they're literally by themselves. Yeah, I, I, I had that experience, right? Yeah. And I realized that actually when all of these you know, people are doing stand-ups, they're breaking away in teams and all this, and I was sitting there at my desk saying, who am I standing up with? Where's my team? <laughs> yeah. Actually very lonely here, Shem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I realized, you know what? I'm probably not alone in thinking that. Uh, there's a lot of recruiters out there that are try- probably trying to solve the same problems, encountering the same issues, but why don't we just kind of create some sort of community where we get together and, and you know, we could talk about it. Um, and, and that's 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 what you know, one of the ways in which we started, you know, thinking about um, the getting employees on board, you know, building communities outside of the product. Um, yeah, I love it. Again, this is again related to the inbound concept, of course. Um, because it, from a content point of view, you could say workshop is the the product, the content, content, but the uh, distribution channel was the community. Yeah, hundred percent. You're bang on, mate. It's 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 that month. It's just that flipping of the mindset I think and that value first and again obviously you're hearing it a lot more now and a lot more now but that customer centric business are the ones that are winning now right and thinking about the experience for that person and that's where that friction of your that community that you've now got um, the solution for have that friction with recruiters because they weren't thinking of Oh yeah, that that, soft, that software developer would do amazing at that business. They were thinking, has he got this skill set, and will he will he? Um, it is changing, though. Hishama. It is I'm, changing. Yeah, I'm pleased to see it because um, yeah. you're seeing a lot more uh, candidate experience. People care That's what about. I mean, yeah, agencies are starting to understand this a little bit more. Um, I, I see agencies moving into different types of work you know, are very interested in RPO type stuff mm. uh, that's a new innovation yeah, really yeah that's really interesting that time. Yeah, yeah. so um, so uh, what's um, so hang on, what, what's going to happen to recruiters in 5-10 years then you're, you're in amongst it right you built this yep. marketplace yep. that's in. I know you said there are other marketplaces not that innovative but really if people as I said th- this year are thinking oh, I would build a marketplace if I start my business over mm. there's going to be more people wanting to build marketplaces mm-hmm What's going to happen to Joe Bloggs, the recruiter? Um, how how do you see that evolving and changing? I think recruitment agencies will 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 be very resilient. Mm. Um, I, I do think their overall uh, slice of the pie will decrease over time. Yeah. Um, because the truth of the matter is, um, they are the uh, they're, they're not the optimal channel um, that employers would prefer to use yeah um almost every employer would use an agent as a resort and say look we have to use these guys because mm. they're very good and i think they don't pay until someone gets in right right exactly so i, I think agencies will always be around I, I think agencies do need to go into verticals so they need to specialize they can't be yeah, like be a, niche. yeah they can't be a generalist like i was no, you know, no. back in the day i was quite generous can't do that yeah um you've got to really know your marketplace i've seen some great recruitment agencies start becoming community organizers themselves yeah um, very powerful very very powerful they're the ones that are going to really win the game so if they can uh, I call it ecosystem support yeah. you know if they can kind of uh, not just be an animal on the landscape but yeah. also part of the ecosystem yeah. and an important pillar of the ecosystem they're going to do fine yeah. um, I do think probably the overall slice of the pie is going to decrease yeah. um, and start increasingly be owned by uh, direct um, by marketplaces like us um, uh, by RPOs that, yeah, that I yeah. think will expand. Yeah, I think ultimately, I loved how you um, put that together. But ultimately, it's like, as I sent you before we started this, um, went to the Gary Vee event recently, and 
he's been saying the same stuff for the last two years. Um, and it, again, it just reinforces seeing it in the flesh that the, the opportunity that we have right now to acquire people's attention and how important attention is, it, it isn't going to get better than this. Um, Re-emphasized, like, the internet's only been around for 10 years and look how much it's progressed and how fast it's progressing right now. And as we were saying um, earlier about the retailers and stuff like that, huge businesses are closing branches, are closing things because of technology, because they romanticized what worked yesterday. Do you get what I mean? And to the, what may work today may not work tomorrow, right? And that, that that's, I think, is a, is a big thing just to um, add on to what you said. It's just about, if you're, yeah, that's great that you're building communities and it's just about not romanticizing what worked or what did work, yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's just being open-minded and I think that's why re- recruitment businesses will be um, resilient as they always are, but at the same time, it's, it's got to come with that open-mindedness. It is what I think about recruitment businesses. Um, I think they are... They're not necessarily innovative, but they're very they're very quick to adapt. Yeah. Um, so I think agencies will probably get a slap, but I think they'll respond. Yeah. Um, so it, it's weird. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're not particularly strategic as a, as a general uh, 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 theme. But when something happens, I see agencies be being very quick to adapt to, exactly. to change. Yeah. So I think they're going to be fine. Whether they're, they're going to come to a point. Yeah, uh, the, 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 whether the model changes a little bit or whether they diversify how they deliver their services, um, uh, that all that will happen. But at the end of the day, um, you, you do need um, external supply sometimes um, when you're an employer. Um, oftentimes, it's not the right thing to do it yourself or do it direct. So mm-hmm. I think, think those partnerships, for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, Quinn, before we wrap up then, um, two things. I always ask this question to my guests on the show. Um, so you can answer this question by either giving a sentence, a word, whatever comes to mind. So if you could um, communicate to every single person that works in the recruitment industry, they'd listen to Hung, they'd implement your advice tomorrow, what would you say? Think about your audience. You've got to build an audience. Um, uh, you might be an amazing salesperson today. Um, but the techniques that worked in terms of generating sales, the, the core calls, the heart, you know, the, the emails and all that, that is definitely trending away. Mm. Um, you need to find a, a method of getting someone to look at you. Attention. Um, exactly. You've got to capture that attention. So I, would, I think uh, recruiters have really got to think inbound marketing versus outbound. Inbound is definitely the way to go. Yeah, love it. So um, before we finish then, what... What what are you excited about? What's going on? What's going on in your world? Um, you know what? I'm excited by um, a, a lot of things. I mean, I'm involved with a lot of events now, it seems. Mm. Which um, Do you do quite a bit of speaking? I do, yeah. And that's a new thing, you know. How I, did that come about? Was that through the uh, brain food stuff? A little bit, but also because I was asked to do it once. And, you know, well, it, you did it, it. it was I did it. I wasn't very comfortable doing <laughs> it. But people seemed to like, like the chats and... You know, um, I, I've been asked to, to, to do it more, which you know I've embraced. Um, I, I've realised that um, uh, it, it, I do have a perspective which people might be interested to hear a little bit more about. Um, but more importantly, um, it, uh, it gives you the sort of ex- exposure and connections which are going to really help your business. Network, yeah. So what, again, one of the weak points I think in how agencies are set up is that we don't really allow our consultants to do any of that yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to, to, the, we need to get to events more we need to network more we need to do it we need to get on stage more you know there's yeah, lots yeah. of great stories lots of good things that 
people in the agency game can share. Um, uh, and yeah, we need to see more of that. So, cool, Hung, been an absolute pleasure. Some great insights. I think you've um, been on a really interesting journey, mate. Really interesting journey. So I think that I think only things what you talk about and what's going on is only going to get bigger. So I f- I'm excited to to see how it evolves for you because I think it's only going to get bigger and better. So. Thanks for coming on. No worries, Hisham. Thank you very much for your time, man. Been a pleasure.